0: listening To the Joe Mays and j Raf Show, bringing you the latest news and commentary on baseball. The O2 pit, twigger a miss! Don't give out! The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball! Hockey? Baseball! Hey. The I Big he, Ten Championship I lies on a
1: measurement. Did he get it?
0: No! He didn't get it! Penn State home! They brought back the fun, they brought back the excitement, and now they've brought back a Big Ten Championship. The Penn State Nittany Lions are Big Ten champions.
1: Nine seconds left. Eagles by eight. Brady. Lines them up. He's back again.
0: He steps up. He's hit. He stumbles. He is throwing it deep for the end zone. And it is batted around.
1: is for you let
0: the celebration begin now here are your hosts joe mays and justin rafa oh hey so (laughs) the intro music doesn't want to work so i thought you were gonna gonna make
1: me sing the intro
0: Go ahead. I'm waiting. Do the Eagles call. Meryl Reese, come on. You can do it. <laughs>
1: I'm not going to do it. Uh,
0: uh, all right. So, yeah, for um, those of you watching or listening, sorry about that. Don't know what's wrong with the uh, intro music. Didn't want to play. It's worked fine for the last two and a half months. But, yeah, you know, technology. We say that every few weeks. And uh, here we are uh, once again. So. Awesome. Love it. Technology. It's a great, great thing. But yeah, so we're on episode 258 of the Joe Mays and J-Rap show. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me, my co-host, Justin Rappoff.
1: Yeah, good to be here. Um, You know, we've spent a few weeks kind of jumping jumping around a little bit, Um, you know, but... Um, it's been good to hear. Last week was Bulldog, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, we haven't been so, here for two weeks. Yep, well, so. we, I
0: mean, we were here. We just were right. doing a different right. show. We yeah. did the Bulldog Hour. We'll have actually some Bulldog flavor tonight because yeah. we're talking NFL Draft and uh, something very closely related to that happened right after the draft concluded. So absolutely, we will get to that shortly. But so it's been two weeks. I don't. You know, I think since the last time, all of the Philadelphia teams have lost, unfortunately. Um. One, it mattered, and they're done. Another, yep. it's still early. I mean, it matters, but, like, it doesn't matter a whole ton. Yeah. Another, it, they lost, it but... It did matter, it, but now it doesn't now matter. Now it doesn't matter. So, Flyers are done. That's unfortunate, but we kind of expected it. Right. So, like, we're disappointed, obviously, because we're Flyers fans, but in the long run, did we actually think they were going to beat the Penguins? No. no By the, the way... Was, through half the game, though, we thought it right. was going game seven, so... Right.
1: So, real quick... Um, there was in game two of the Penguins game today, I get, apparently in the third period. I did not see it. Is but, this the goal, no goal? Yeah, they scored a goal that was not called a goal, even though from everything I've heard, it was clearly a goal. But, but
0: I don't – how does that happen? Right.
1: I don't know. They, said there's, they said there's a replay. Yeah, there's something. a replay that shows the ice, like the white between the puck and the line. Like it fully crossed the line. And they said, uh, inconclusive. I I don't, I don't know. know I haven't seen it but all I all I know is all these people who are posting saying man like that would have made it three two you never know what would have happened from there on out I don't I'm not saying that's wrong I'm just saying rewind a week ago when the Flyers were down one and there should have been a tripping penalty and oh, then the yeah. Penguins score and go up two like and they're like oh well you know don't give up that many goals I. I agree with that as well. Like, you can't give up that many goals, you know, and and expect to win a hockey game. But at the same time, like, literally one week apart, you have the same yeah. fan base arguing opposite sides of the same, uh, I don't know, like, fans are logic, fickle. I guess. Like fans are fickle. And that's right.
0: What, we try not to be the hypocritical double standards. Like, if, it, if it's good enough for... Yeah, you guys. It needs to be good enough for. Or at least I try to. At
1: at least I try to recognize it and establish that that's what I'm doing. I'm being irrational, but that's the fan side of me. You know, like so. Like I try and like just call myself out on that. Like, look, I am irrationally mad about X because I am in my full fan mode right now, even though I know that I was happy about this before. (laughs) Right.
0: So yeah, flyers are done. It's unfortunate, but they're young. Made they a step in the right, the right direction, made ahead. the playoffs. Supposedly, uh, they just got the 14th pick in the draft because they got that from the St. Louis Blues. Right. Uh, so well, they, they also they have, have one like, later in the draft, yeah. later in the first round, I should say, like 24th or something yeah. like that. Uh, and Hexall says he's, pro- or is alluding to, going about pre-agency in the offseason a little bit differently. So we'll see what comes out from that. Yeah. But like I said... Also said
1: there's no coaching changes. Right, which so Dave Hexall will be work.
0: back, which... I, gotta give i'm i'm a huge proponent of giving people time this was his second Second year yeah Yeah. he to me he deserves at least a half a season more at least and in a lot of sports and it changes pro college but i think a guy deserves three to four years right i really do
1: in hockey and basketball like you see a lot of those changes in that 82 game season like you see a lot of in season changes where the team can kind of overcome. It's a like if it's not working the first half next year, you know what? It's hard to kind of argue. Like if they're not trending in the right direction next year, then it's hard to argue. Yeah, keep keep being patient. You know, you're in your third year, you would expect the young guys to be progressing and all that stuff. If that's not happening, it's hard to defend anymore. But after that, you know, it's it's one of those things where I I want to see that stability. I want to see that development of the of the guys kind of keep going. Um,
0: so, also, since our last show, which I didn't remember until I got the um, not-at-all-sarcastic email from uh, my uncle, Rich, in Massachusetts, the NFL schedule for next year has came out since uh, the last time we were on, which is cool. You know, it like, some people are obnoxious about it and are like, literally means nothing because you know what teams – your team is playing. Right. You just don't know when. But it is. I mean, it's important to know – when it's primetime game? who's playing on Thursday, who's playing on Thanksgiving. Right. You know, all those things are important to a lot of people. So I know some people just, I don't know, they get their uh, panties in a bunch over over people being uh, excited for the schedule release. But So what I'm talking about is uh, my uncle forwarded an email to me uh, from the Patriot's official website, say, get the 2018 printable schedule. So... He, uh, he, he wanted to let us know that, uh, you know, if we were interested in the uh, Patriots printable schedule or anything from their pro shop, he made sure that we got this link. I, I do, unfortunately, like the Do Your Job. Like oh, it's just such a I thought you were going
1: to say fo- Patriot boat shoes. That's what no, I thought you were no, going to No, no,
0: no, no. I'm, I'm saying... You, although, could, you
1: could wear those on the sidelines of if, the Wilson <laughs> games this, this fall. Can you imagine.
0: If I'm clicking on something here, the Do Your Job hats... Are appealing to me, just because I like the slogan. Like it's a great football cliche that I can't believe no one had copyrighted trademark before the Patriots. Like it's no. that's absurd to me because I feel like people have been yelling that in sports forever. <laughs> um, of course, but of course they took advantage of it because why not? And but really, this throwback gear stuff. I love that that Pats logo and those original colors. They're I like those Pats red, logos. You blue. know why? Because they were terrible. They were terrible. Yeah, 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 they were so. terrible when they wore those. For the you, know what, though, I, those you
1: know what though? I. You know what? The new ones. Don't bother me as much anymore either. You know why? Because the Eagles won the Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> I knew they'd be doing so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, it makes a difference. So we do thank my uncle for uh, letting us know about the Patriots printable schedule. And actually, we'll take a look here because um, I know the Dolphins play the Patriots early in the season. I think it's like week four. Um, so that's a big one for, for me and my uncle, obviously. and. Uh, yeah. yeah, week four. I'm talking about in New England. Uh, yeah, they host yeah. the Dolphins on Sunday, September 30th, and they go to Miami Sunday, December 9th. So right there's a loss for the Patriots. Sunday, That's December right. night would chalk that one up because they just they, they can't do it. Uh, They're going to go to Miami, which I know people would be like, Dolphins are a 500-team at best. That may be true, but like I said, the Patriots struggle in Miami, and, and then they have to go to Pittsburgh the next week. And they host
1: Minnesota the week before. So Minnesota at Miami at Pittsburgh. Right, then right. they have Buffalo, but then they get the Jets. So yeah,
0: right, you get Jets twice in the final uh, six yeah. weeks of the season. So, but um, so real briefly, Sixers they lost to the Heat once, but once, and then they rattle off uh, yep. three straight. Yeah, uh, to uh, to win that series, four to one. They play tomorrow night. Yeah, on against the, the road Celtics. now. On yep. the road now. But yeah, Boston, Philly. A lot of people are excited about that. Yeah. That is a. Historically great basketball rivalry, at least it was thirty years you ago. You see the
1: NBC Philly one where they showed—I well, think it was Larry Bird and Dr. J had each other by, the, by the throat. throat? Yeah.
0: yeah, I saw that. I mean, pretty, pretty sweet. Imagine stuff.
1: if that happened now. Oh my gosh, people would lose their minds.
0: Yeah, it would, oh my gosh, it's just too bad Kyrie Irving can't be a part of it. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, well, what part of the flat Earth do you think he's hanging out it's on during my his guess. recovery? <laughs> no, don't want to touch that one. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Uh, Phillies come back down to earth a little bit, at least. The, yeah, the last lost series. the last two series. Uh, haven't now, been when they great. lost
1: the series to the Diamondbacks, you know they lose two out of three.
0: Diamondbacks are the best team in team the baseball, yeah. right? Or, and, and, yeah, majors. I mean,
1: NL. Um, yeah. At least in the NL, yeah. So then, you know, the Braves, who have also had the Phillies number um, early this season, they lost two out of three to them. The two that they lost, and this happened with the Diamondbacks too. So the last four losses have kind of been well. I shouldn't say that. On Saturday when they lost, it wasn't a blowout loss, um, but they've gotten kind of doors blown off a few times for
0: sure. One, yeah.
1: Vince uh, Velasquez gave up runs. Yeah. So you know, it's one of those they need to get things. We talked about that. They're still record-wise, they're still fine.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: They're they're where they're honestly they're where we would have said they need to be at the end of April, um the problem is they pretty much they beat bad teams and they lost to the good team, you know, which is um, you know, kind of how it's probably gonna be for a little bit. But they need the they need pitching step up. Pavetta did pitch bad yet yeah, the defense let him down um in the inning where they gave up um the two runs. And you know, so they should have been able to you know score some yesterday say it wasn't great. that's gonna happen. Um uh, we took Austin to the game last night. He he thoroughly enjoyed it. He had a blast. Um, They have a little, so out in uh, like right field at that end of uh, the uh, Ashburn Alley, Yeah, they have a, um, they have basically a miniature base, like Citizens Bank Park field that you can go and the kids can hit. What do they call it? The field or something
0: like that? Yeah, something like that. So Austin did that and
1: he just loved it. He thought it was so cool. He actually hit the ball a few times. So like that was, (laughs) that was cool. He really enjoyed it
0: so um, the biggest thing for the Phillies is that they've created expectations now I think yeah. which is, is a is a bit of an issue right because right. like as much as I want to say that all right they're gonna be better than we thought this year they'll compete for a playoff spot I still don't know that I buy that but I think the general public is thinking that now right which is a problem so yeah uh, so I, I hope I hope they do keep trucking along and, and yeah. are flirting in the eighty five to eighty eight win range when all is and done because they should be in in play for that one game wild-card playoff. Right. And hey, it'd be great. I, w- I would love that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I don't think it's gonna happen that way. So no. Uh, so we did flip Phillies and So we're talking Eagle now because yeah. we're gonna, gonna talk the NFL draft, just completed yesterday with uh, I think it was two hundred and fifty six picks and a, a, I guess a little bit of a shocker to start things off. I uh, mean, yeah. yes and no, because I, until the Wednesday, no one was thinking that Baker was going to be the number one pick until Adam Schefter started talking about it. And Adam Schefter is an amazing insider. He's right, I'd say, most of the time. seventy-five, eighty 75%, 80% of the time. But there are a few famous ones that he's whiffed on or missed out on. But it happened to everyone. This is one of those where I'm like, I don't know about this. Right, like, this And, and little... the
1: draft notoriously... Sending misinformation. Like there's notorious amount of misinformation sent out by anyone, you know, about all stuff. So like, yeah, you were looking at it just like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's one of those where uh, they had there were a lot of reasons why you'd want if you're the Browns, why you would want teams to think you're taking Mayfield, you know, and I didn't know if I thought it was gonna happen. Um, you know. The people who I know who follow the Browns a little closer than I generally do, I think they were kind of anticipating that's the direction they were going to go to. Um, so I think they, the people there were buying to it. So, um, yeah, well, well we'll see. I hate saying that because that's how all the draft stuff is going to be. We'll see, you know. Yeah, um, you
0: can't evaluate for a full season. So right. following the 2020 season, that's when you kind of, all right, how did the 2018 right. draft play out? Because then they'll have three full seasons – under their belt, and yeah. by then you usually know who's going to make or break it. So, Baker Mayfield, the quarterback from Oklahoma, went to Cleveland. Uh, I love this right out. This is from Draft Tech, my old style, where I worked for eight drafts. It may have, been, it may have even been nine now that I think about it. it was, I think it was eight drafts uh, with the guys at Draft Tech, and uh, they're still doing great work. Uh, obviously, not huge fans of who's ever doing the Cleveland uh, picks. Not huge fans. They gave it a D grade. Um, can't I can't say I really disagree that much, so let's zoom in here a little. Uh, Every time I think Cleveland can't outbrown themselves, they do prove me wrong. Incredible how often that tends to involve a quarterback. It isn't that I don't think Mayfield can succeed in the NFL. I'm just not betting on it over Sam Darnold. Mayfield's pathological need for attention isn't making me feel very confident with egos like Jarvis Landry and Josh Gar- Gordon on that team. I don't like it, but I'm willing to admit I was wrong when he proves it. Wish I could be more optimistic, but that's the best I've got. And that's from Austin Smith at drafttech.com. He gives it a D grade. I can't disagree with what he's saying there. That's a lot to throw him into. But, of course, he's supposedly not the guy this year because they traded for Tyron Taylor.
1: Which is kind of crazy when you think about you just traded for a guy. Oh. You just drafted a guy number one overall at quarterback, who's not going to be your starting quarterback in Cleveland, where you've won one game at the last thirty-two. You're one and thirty-one over the last two years. Yeah, like I'm not saying that you need to push him in if the, if you feel like he's not ready, don't push him in. But at the same time, what what are you doing? Like, yeah. you know, is uh, you know Hugh Jackson going to be around another year if they go? Four and twelve, you know, like yeah,
0: I feel like, and then you just start that cycle over again. It's like two years with a quarter or or coach or Tyrod
1: Taylor, who was able to take the Bills to the playoffs this past year. What if he? What if he leads the Browns to like six or seven? Let's say he gets the seven wins this year.
0: Seven and nine.
1: Now all of a sudden, there's a ton more pressure, even more pressure on you know oh my here we go what if what if tyrod taylor with the talent that's there cuz honestly it feels like there's more talent on that roster than there's been for decade plus i feel
0: like the jaguars a few years ago right. everyone was like oh they're going
1: so gonna so here we go right it, and remember two years. And, and the jaguars were awful two seasons ago and then not awful but they, they were weren't for- they were they were well below where their expectations were. And then the next year they were there. The problem is I don't think Hugh Jackson has a year left of like benefit of the doubt. You know, oh we'll just keep riding with one in 31. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Um so they need to step it up. What but just for fun, what if Tyrod Taylor gets them to nine wins, they miss the playoffs, but they're second in the division. Well, then they try and trade him. That's what they do. You know.
0: Oh, oh gosh, yeah.
1: But that would be a very Browns thing to yeah, happen, it would wouldn't it? They trade Tyrod Taylor, and Baker Mayfield isn't the guy like that. So I'm confident that the Browns are going to be good this year, not better this good year.
0: For
1: them. And that it'll just complicate the Baker Mayfield situation because it's the Browns, They're like. They can't they can't just make the right decision have everything fall into alignment perfectly right like we're in agreement that that's not how this is going to happen right Baker Mayfield is not going to be the best quarterback out of you know the four or five main guys in out well, of the no, draft because, because it's, it's the Browns right. so like sorry baker like that that's just how that's going to play out now
0: They've won if it was
1: Sam Darnold Sam Darnold would have been the guy we know it's not going to work out right. right that's how this works
0: hopefully that's still the case though right <laughs> So, the Browns have won one of their last 35 games. So, if they win three games this year, that's a huge improvement.
1: <laughs> so, you're saying they can go Sixers on everybody. However, so, I don't think they'll win 56 games next year. No, but
0: no games last year, hmm. three, four this year, and then they go 10 and six the next year. That could happen. Uh-huh. So, we'll see.
1: Moving especially, on. Especially because... In two years, Steelers may be draft or maybe starting a rookie or a second year quarterback.
0: Nothing Oh, okay. Yeah, right. I thought yeah. you were gonna say draft. Sorry, I was I was
1: stumbling yeah, over myself yeah. trying to pr- say that, but yeah.
0: So here's one of the love hate picks for you personally yeah. because Penn State number two overall Saquon Barkley. People, a lot of people thought he was the best player in the draft. He didn't slide like a lot of people thought that the quarterbacks would. There'd be a run on of him. And and the entire first round hinged on the Giants pick here. What were they going to do? Were Mm -hmm. they going to take Barkley? Were they going to grab one of the quarterbacks? Were they going to trade out? Well, Well, and there was
1: another wrench thrown in this because the Browns took Baker Mayfield. Right. You know, like, because Sam Darnold was still available. A lot of people, like you said, before Wednesday last week were assuming Sam Darnold was going to be the guy off the board after the first pick.
0: But Saquon goes to the Giants. A place where you know Rock Nation wanted him to go. He oh probably gosh, wanted yeah. to go, though he never admitted to that. And he he played the pre-draft process perfectly. Yeah, uh, everyone seems to like him. Although there's some people that think he's overrated. That's been probably the biggest negative I've seen um, out there about him, is people think he's overrated. But you know he gets to prove it on the field. He gets to do it for uh, Big Blue and. Yeah. Uh, his twenty six is already the number one selling rookie jersey and a lot of people think he'll be in top five, top three when the season rolls around. So Yeah. Hey.
1: Good for him. I, I have established that what what I want to happen, I it took me some time. My immediate response was I hate everything. Um which isn't exactly true. However, um, you know, Saquon goes from you know, the guy like I root for The guy on the team that I root for the most to the guy on the team that I can't stand, but whatever. Um, You know, when when we look at it, I'm really happy for Saquon. I'm glad he didn't slide. I'm glad he, you know, was able to, like you said, navigate that pre-draft process really well and just kind of hold up. And, like, you know, we talked about this the other night. What do I love? The fact that he gets up, hugs his mom, and then hugs Coach Franklin. You know, like right there. Right. On TV, Franklin's hitting up all the NFL shows, or you know that are down at the draft. All that stuff's great, um, and I know we'll probably talk a little bit about Penn State later on with the draft process. But you know, it's just one of those things where um, you know, I hope Saquon does really well about 14 games out of the year, mm-hmm. um, unless I need a certain outcome or something like that. Um, yeah, it, it's it's going to be really interesting. So.
0: The other New York team picked third, the Jets, and they went Sam Darnold, the quarterback from USC. uh, You know, a year-plus ago, people were saying how he was a surefire best guy in the draft. Then uh, he had a...
1: That in true USC fashion.
0: Yeah, in true USC fashion, he came back to school. And, uh, yeah, it was fine. Obviously, good enough to get third overall. But, you know... It gives scouts and front office personnel, and uh, you know anyone that likes to draft time to pick through, and they they go through quarterbacks with a fine tooth comb. And as you can see, it doesn't always work out uh, for the quarterbacks or for the draft picks. And it'll be interesting to see how this crop of uh, first round quarterbacks, because there are five of them, pan out. Um, you know, three to five years down the road.
1: Right. Did you see the the tweet that Josh McCown sent out? Of the picture of the text his daughter sent him. No. So, his daughter, Josh McCown, was, you know, on the Jets, got a text from his daughter. Oh, my gosh. He's only a year older than me. Like, so, basically, someone the same age as Josh McCown's kids is, is now,
0: now his, his heir apparent, right. apparently,
1: in, uh, in New York or New Jersey. <laughs>
0: So, Cleveland came up again at number four. All oh, wondering what they were going to do. They took a quarterback, so they were going to go here. Were they going to go stud defenseman, Bradley Chubb? I thought Aaron, for sure they were going yeah, Bradley Chubb. Uh, and have the, the, uh, the, the Miles Garrett, um, link up, had a great, uh, mm-hmm. you know, rush, rushing group on the defensive side. Yeah, what else could they do? What's Cleveland do? Would they double down on quarterbacks? That would have been interesting. So First I was I was streaming,
1: so I'm on a slight delay, and I see your response. So basically, I'll paraphrase: What are they doing? Yeah, and I my immediate thought was. They didn't take another quarterback, oh, did they? Well, like, no way. Like, that didn't actually happen, right?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, as I, I don't want to be harsh on. I mean, it's Ohio State kid, so I can be as harsh as I want. But right. you know, he's also a young kid that wants to make it in the league, and obviously it was a top ten, top fifteen and, talent. Yeah.
1: And Denzel Ward was a a really good like prospect. Like, no one's arguing that he wasn't top ten. It's just, but when you have picks one and four, four, when you have picks one and four, you expect. To, two immediate to leave, starters. And you're like, oh my gosh, we absolutely won night one of the draft. Because we had two of the top four picks. And they left and everybody's like, Ugh. you know, like, Ugh. and honestly, I feel like if they picked Bradley Chubb, that would have taken some of the heat off of Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield because they would have like, look, Baker Mayfield was clearly their guy and they got... If not for Saquon, the other guy people were really arguing was the best player in the draft, in Bradley Chubb. You know, so like you look at it, you're like, okay, you know, Mayfield must be their guy, and they got the other best player, one and four, and you know that's great. The problem is, a lot of people feel like they could have moved back. Now, in order to move back, you have to have somebody willing to move up.
0: You do, you do.
1: But because Bradley Chubb was there, you know,
0: (sighs) and he went the next pick to Denver to get the pair with Von Miller, and now they have. One of the best young pass rushing duos in the entire league, um, perhaps the safest yeah. best player available, Quentin Nelson from like, Notre Dame. I, I
1: really like that pick for Indianapolis. You know, because at some point you got to try and keep Andrew Luck's arm from falling off. So
0: the Bills got their quarterback of the future in Wyoming's Josh Allen. That's a boomer bust pick right there. One of my favorites in the class, Roquan Smith, the Georgia inside linebacker, goes to Chicago. Yeah, when I and saw Manheim Central alum Matt Nagy,
1: yeah. When I saw he went to Chicago, I was like I, I don't I'm not saying he's like gonna be the next great thing, but I was like he has a chance to be a really good linebacker yep. in Chicago that could really work out well for them.
0: So a second Notre Dame offensive lineman goes in the top ten at nine to San Francisco Mike McGlinchey, which I believe he's a PA guy. I think he and is. A yeah, cousin of Matt Ryan, I think.
1: That could be. That could be. <laughs> so who's a PA guy?
0: Yep. Uh, then another quarterback in the, the top 10, a 10-to-Arizona, 10 Josh Rosen, UCLA quarterback. Uh, a lot of interesting personalities in the quarterbacks. Yes. Then my team finally made their pick. They stuck at 11, and I think they made a slam dunk pick, yes. which I haven't said much over the last few years. But I was high on Minkah Fitzpatrick. I've known about him for a while because we followed his recruitment because – well, he had Penn State in his like, top five or mm-hmm. something like that. He ended up going to Alabama. It was a three-year starter there. Started as a freshman, which is rare uh, right. to do down there because of all the uh, five-star blue-chip prospects they bring in every year. He got to play uh, in, all over in the secondary, uh, and I think he's going to be a great, great safety yeah. for the Dolphins. You started
1: three years at Alabama. I want you on my team. Yeah,
0: so I was all about that pick when they made it. Avita Vey. Vea? Vita Vea from Washington, we saw play against Penn State. Right. He's a monster. He is a monster. Uh, he gets to go to the Bucs, who already have Joe McCoy. Right.
1: Yeah, a little so, surprising there. But I. But, you know. Joe
0: McCoy is a three tech. Vea is yeah. a one tech. So now right. they have the. Both good against the run. is going to eat up and demand double or triple teams. And then you got McCoy, who also requires double teams because he's so quick and agile. Right. So, I mean, if yeah. they both live well, up to the and,
1: hype. And I. You know, I was going to say I don't want to toot my own team's horn, but that's not true. I, I do. Um, people said, "Look at what the Eagles did this year. They had a, a plethora of talent at D line, and they just rotated guys rotated. in and out all the time. And so, what do you see? You saw a number of teams loading up on guys on the defensive line, basically that's a copycat, lead, and." Right? Let's, let's do that. You know, that seemed to work for the Eagles. They were able to get pressure well, on. When and the Giants
0: beat the Patriots both times, what was it? It was all defensive line, line yeah. Um, causing havoc in the backfield and against uh, Brake. All those
1: guys who got to make announcements at, um, you know, in Dallas, like Chris Canty and, you know. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, was, yeah. David Akers, my hero. <laughs> my hero.
0: So, <clears throat> another big defensive tackle went next to the Redskins, Deron Payne from Alabama. Then an interesting one: the Saints trade up. You I think it's going to sure be Lamar Jackson? I thought for sure they're taking Lamar Jackson here, and they pick a developmental pass rusher in Marcus Davenport. Yeah, and
1: so developmental. The first they pick. said he's he, so he's right. So there's a couple points here for New Orleans. First of all, they took this guy who is a freakish athlete. Like they talked about, just really a lot of raw talent here. But when they said raw, they meant raw. They were talking about. He doesn't have a pass rush move. He's just fast enough and strong enough to beat guys. Well, that's not going to work. Like you know, that's like a a pitcher in the in Major League Baseball who has a hundred and two mile per hour fastball, but has no movement and he has no other pitches. Well, that's great. That's great, and it's going to work a couple times, and then it's gonna you're going to see guys parking it in the third deck out in left field. Right. Um, So what's going to happen here? Like, don't get me wrong; it could work out really well for them. I New Orleans adding that, you know, that pressure on defense is something that's going to be huge. But I thought Lamar Jackson would have been a perfect fit there because he wouldn't have to start. Everybody knows; like, they don't even have to announce that. Oh, Drew Brees is the starter. Everybody knows Drew Brees is the starter. Lamar Jackson is clearly in the backup role, you know. But the other key part to that was. When you look at the other trades that happened in the first round, and there were a bunch, the Saints overpaid. Yeah, they overpaid yep. and got a developmental project. Mm.
0: Yeah, I don't. I mean, and I know their entire draft was viewed by you know draft nicks as being poor, and fans of the team automatically were like, "Yeah, well, look what happened last year." You know, and now I don't think the Saints draft was picked apart. As much last year.
1: Yeah, you're right. You got you got and a running back in the third round who ended up being rookie of the year. Basically, And your first
0: round pick panned out like if yeah, that does it, like so you you so, struck gold in right. the middle round, but your first round pick worked out. That's expected of you, right? Like, yeah. So
1: so it happened last year. So you're telling me now you're going to press your luck that it happens two years in a row? Okay. Yeah.
0: Hey, show it, prove it. Yep. Uh, another group that may be uh, having to show and prove some things are the Raiders, who made some questionable moves.
1: Yeah, John Gruden.
0: Drafting uh, an offensive lineman, uh, first-round talent, but maybe a little bit early. And there was a lot of other guys on the board that many expected to go, including Tremaine Edmonds, who went to the next pick to the Bills. Their second Isn't it Tremaine
1: round Edmonds, Edmonds whose brother's in the league? His, well, no, I, yeah, has,
0: well, his brother's drafted by the Steelers a few picks later.
1: Okay, I thought he has... He, so does he have another one as it, well? Yeah, um, I think there's one in the league already, and his dad... His, and dad, like,
0: his dad was a Pro Bowl tie dad. Yeah,
1: so his dad played in the league, his brother was drafted as well, and I think they have an older brother that plays in the league right now. Okay. I think, I think.
0: All right, I knew his dad was an All-Pro, yeah. I, and I knew his his brother got drafted, which we're just going to talk about in a few seconds. Now, here's another guy that fell a little bit, um, you know, expected yeah. fringe top 10 guy. Goes 17 to the Chargers, Derwin James from It's a good Florida pick for State. the Chargers. Uh, it is a very good pick uh, from L.A., one of the L.A. teams. Uh, bit of a reach here from the Packers, but, you know, the Packers always so have So this is draft. one of those
1: things where you're starting to see the guys where it's reach are where teams were really drafting based on what they feel is their needs. And a lot of people, including some GMs, former GMs, who tend to be rather conservative in their, like, personnel decisions – I've talked about drafting based on your team's need and not overall talent is a good way to find yourself fired yeah. real quick. Um, and that's, you know, one of those interesting things. Right. Now here's a pick I want to hate, but I, I can't yet. I will once the season rolls around.
0: Uh, Cowboys took inside linebacker from Boise State, Leighton Vander Esch.
1: Right. So, he... I believe his in high school, he played like in that seven man or eight man football. Oh, did he? Yeah, because he graduated with 11 kids. Jeez. Yeah. So, like, um, like he didn't go to us, like the schools, a lot of schools don't have enough in those very extreme rural areas. So they play like basically like seven on seven football, yeah. you know, style because they don't have enough to play. And yeah, and then finds himself as a walk on at Boise State. Ends up, I think, becoming a scholarship player, but then um, ends up drafted in the first round. So you had a a former walk-on win the Heisman Trophy and go number one overall, and then you had another former walk-on go to the Cowboys at 19.
0: Crazy. So Frank Ragnow, the Arkansas center, goes to Detroit at 20. Uh, Big reach. was expected second round, maybe even third, possibly. Um, But because the Patriot way has made the – the uh, trek to Detroit, it, they're kind of giving them the benefit See, of the doubt, at least right. some people so, are.
1: So here's the thing about the Patriot way, though. The Patriot way would have been to trade out of this pick and get him in the second round and get a first round or next year or something. You know, like, that's the Patriot way. The Patriot way is not to reach in the first round. The Patriot way is to get him in the second round, and nobody would have thought twice to, for you to trade out of that pick.
0: Yeah. Uh, a back-to-back center's pick is Billy Price from Ohio State goes to the Bengals at 21. Another big reach, but the draft tech analyst doesn't hate it. Um, but seeing at minus 51, you know, it's a guy that is expected to go in the second, maybe third round. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have much to add, but it seems a little bit uh, head-scratching to me. But we're Bengals fans now, so it's okay. <laughs> Titans take Rashawn Evans, linebacker from Alabama. New England makes their first pick. An offensive lineman from Georgia and Isaiah Wynn. Carolina adds DJ Moore, who played in the um, Big 33 game. Uh, Panthers needed some wide receiver help, and they got it in a big way.
1: Cam Newton was happy.
0: <laughs> Hayden Hurst, first tight end off the board from South Carolina, goes to the Ravens. Joe
1: Flacco, happy for now.
0: Atlanta, another guy. This super happy. Great Matt pick. Ryan, great Ridley, pick. Probably the best receiver in the draft. Draft. Yeah. Um, no disrespect to G- DJ Moore, but Calvin Ridley was uh, my favorite receiver, and he, to go down there and to now that he's group.
1: across from the other <laughs> Atlanta Alabama, legend, right. you know,
0: and Julio Jones. So <clears throat> that is a that's a great pick for the Falcons. Rashad Penny, running back to Seattle, they needed it. <clears throat> <laughs> bit of a bit of a reach, though, i got to say. Seattle made up a lot of uh, moral goodwill <laughs> later in the draft, but a little bit of a reach to take Penny. For a team
1: that's had issues at running back when there were some what would appear to be obvious picks at running back that were still sitting out there.
0: The Steelers took the other Edmonds. Now, he was a big reach, not expected to go anywhere near the first round, but both brothers' first time in NFL history, brothers selected in the first round of the NF Draft the same cool. year. Edmund safety for Virginia Tech goes to the Steelers. Taven Bryan, one of the uh, biggest uh, value picks, goes to the Jaguars, who already had a plethora of defensive talent. Add another one, the defensive tackle from See, Florida.
1: there you go. They they took what they probably had as the best player remaining or, you know, at a position where they needed, you know, and they got value. And they just strengthened their defensive line even more, you know, so... That that's solid for them.
0: Uh UCF cornerback Mike Hughes goes to Minnesota at thirty. Patriots are back again. They get their running back in Sony Michael from Georgia. And finally, pick thirty-two ends up being the Ravens, not the Eagles. They trade back into the first round and get their quarterback of the future or so they hope in Lamar Jackson, who many some think can play quarterback in the league, others don't believe so. He'll have a chance to learn not only from Joe Flacco but also Robert Griffin.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, so, you're right.
0: Uh, interesting. I mean, I think it's a good place for him. Not as good as New Orleans would have been right. or New England, but Baltimore because Flacco will be done in you know I he may want to play five years. He's probably done in two to three, and uh, Jackson can sit there and learn. Wow, I mean, and
1: Flacco's guaranteed money runs out after this year. I didn't know that. So
0: this that, could, makes be that makes it interesting. Last year, yeah. So, so
1: you know what that means. People should put money on the Ravens to beat expectations this year, right? That's that's, that's, that's how it worked last time. It worked out big for them last time.
0: All right, so really quickly, let's see if I can <laughs> pull this up here. Um, here we go.
1: There's only like five of them.
0: Yeah, there's not a lot. All right, so the Eagles, five picks. Their first one was the second round. Dallas Goddard had actually jumped in front of the Cowboys to take. Yeah, after,
1: um, after the Cowboys Hall of Fame tight end, throws on them in a surprise. Hey, I might be retiring.
0: Right. Um, Jason
1: the Eagles, um, like a couple hours later, jump ahead of them and are able to take a tight end.
0: Uh, and that he'll be paired with Zach Ertz, father played at Wilson. Yeah. Uh, they went with Avante Maddox, quarterback from Pitt in the fourth round. Paired that with Josh Sweat, a defensive end from Florida State. Uh, fell because of injuries, but is a great, great addition for them. Then they went with two developmental offensive line picks in Matt Pryor from TCU. And then the interesting one, the one that everyone's talking about, a guy who has never played a single down of organized American football, Jordan Milada from South Sydney Rabbitohs. Is that how you say that? Sure. It's an Australian rugby team. And if you mm-hmm. find his highlight video, definitely watch it. 6'8", because-
1: 345, <laughs> and ran a 5-flat 40
0: dude means business yeah
1: watch sure. it watch his highlights of his rugby he is just straight up it looks like you took a college football player put him out there at a middle school um like with like middle school kids trying to play like flag football and he's just running over people right um I don't know that that will actually work too uh you know that that will actually work out but um we'll have to see you know. It's a development. Hey, it's worth a shot. Yeah, so... Let's see.
0: I'm trying to find the Penn State Twitter handle, and I don't remember what the Penn State football Twitter handle is. I thought it was bad. I'll look it up. Um, so, yeah. Let's pull up uh, the local relation um, to the NFL draft. And that is a former... Uh, I was close. I was close. A uh, former player signed as a UDFA with the Cincinnati Bengals, and that came from the man himself, Junior Joseph, uh, was star on the Wilson football team from 2010 through 2012, won a district championship with the 2012 teammates, graduated from Wilson in the summer of 2013, went on for a five-year career with the UConn Huskies. After redshirting, he played sparingly as a redshirt freshman, actually did start a few games, and then started for the next three years leading the team in tackles as a redshirt uh, sophomore and a redshirt senior this past season, and uh, he decided to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. So, best of luck to him. Hopefully, uh, he can prove himself throughout uh, these organized team activities, mini camps, and earn himself, a, if not a roster spot, at least uh, you know the the developmental squad.
1: Yeah, trying trying to get there. You know, get your foot in the door and, and try and have a shot. To, you know, prove yourself. So, best of luck to to junior and. You know, we know he's worked hard, but uh, hopefully he can, he has a chance to kind of prove himself there. Um, you know, I'm confident if he gets a chance to prove himself, he's going to really take advantage of it there in Cincinnati. So, good him.
0: Yeah, and the last thing that we want to talk about is uh, Penn State. Penn State had themselves quite a the good draft. They placed, I believe, it was six. Uh, players in the draft itself, yeah. which was the most since 2010. Nope. Number two overall, Saquon Barkley. The next one to go was, well, it was my guy. Yeah. Because not only um, did a Penn State player get drafted, he ended up in Miami with uh, Mike Jasicki. Yeah. Round two, pick 42. Which I think
1: is a great pick for Miami. I, I love again.
0: it. I'm, I was super stoked when it happened. Very, i was so excited. So it was funny.
1: A couple weeks ago, I was reading um, Mike Mayock's like, um, like profile on him, basically, and he's like, you know, he's a tight end. He, he's kind of like a one-trick pony. He, he only does one thing like exceedingly well. He's like, and that's go up and catch the ball at the at like the in in at, yeah, <laughs> be really strong going up and catching the ball. He's like, so if you were going to be good at one thing, he's like, that's the one that's thing. thing yeah. Like he just he's like, look, he he is a great athlete and all that stuff. He's like, he can't, he's not going to be free release to run the way he did the forty, but no one, is, you know, that kind of thing, but. Yeah, that that's a really strong pick in the second round. Um, you know, Marcus Allen to Pittsburgh. So I know your I believe your aunt Joyce really likes the Steelers. Mm-hmm. I believe she's a Steelers fan. Yeah. And I know for a fact that Marcus Allen was her favorite player this past year on Penn State. Yeah. Um so, so, she was excited about yeah. this. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, I went, We I also showed Troy Apke and Deshaun Hamilton There, Justin just mentioned. Troy Marcus Apke Allen.
1: did himself a lot of favors at the Combine. Like, I'll tell you oh, that. Oh, yeah. He
0: ran up to the fourth round. He was the third Penn Stateer picked. Yeah. In front of Deshaun Hamilton and Marcus Allen. Yeah. Allard. Deshaun then,
1: Hamilton, too. What a great – well, I shouldn't say it's a great spot for him. But that's a great pick for Denver. He's, he's going to be really – I think he has a chance to be a really good fit there if they can find a quarterback right. to get him the ball. No, it's – they actually – but they have. Um, oh, who was the guy in Minnesota? Didn't he go to Denver?
0: Oh, um, Case Keenum. Yeah, isn't yeah. Case
1: Keenum there? So yeah. yeah, so hey, you know, maybe somebody can get him the ball now.
0: So there's um, Penn State six draft picks: Barkley, Jasicki, Apke, Hamilton, Allen, and Campbell. And then I I thought they had put it together, but I guess not. So we'll go back down this way. Uh, Curtis Cuthbert undrafted to the Vikings. Tyler Davis to the Bills. Parker Cothran to the Steelers, Brendan Mann to the Panthers, Grant Haley joining Barkley with the Giants, and Jason Conbinda and Saeed Blacknell both going to the Raiders. Apparently, they were a pair. Wherever they were going, they were going together. And reports were, at first, that they both signed with Miami. And then it was revealed that, it, no, it was actually the Raiders. You would have been... I would have been... Uh, you would have been going nuts. Wow, three, three, three uh, Penn Staters and the Dolphins... Draft class or UDA, UDFA class, I would have been stoked, but um, no. So, but congratulations to all those guys getting a chance to fulfill their uh, probably a childhood dream of playing professional football. In hey, you got a shot, you know, and they got a shot, and that's uh, all anyone can ask for. So, well, I think that does it. Uh, real a uh, quick hitter here on the draft, but you know, it's uh, another yeah. year in the books. Yeah, and, like uh, you said,
1: it, it's tough because we all have opinions on it now. We'll have to wait and see. Um, you know, we'll we'll start to get. a... You know, get a gauge for where things stand throughout this NFL season, but really, kind of takes a couple years to see where these guys are, um, and to see the influence they have, the bigger influence they have on their team. You know, yeah. so um, we'll kind of kind of have to see, but you know, hopefully they can, uh, you know, at least some of them. You know, like I said, I hope Sagan has a great year, minus his games against the Eagles, and uh, we'll kind of see. So,
0: mm-hmm. um. Any uh, any shouts or anything from you? Anything you had to say?
1: Um, My mom's birthday is this week coming Coming up, up, so happy birthday.
0: Yep, happy birthday a little early to her. We will have a show next week. Uh, We are talking basketball, so we're going to do an entire NBA episode about the playoffs. We're welcoming back our guest from exactly a year ago, Dallas Wood, who is a Utah Jazz fan, who pulled up that upset over the Oklahoma City Thunder in the first round. and uh, That was an upset, right?
1: Um, I think so.
0: Was it a three six or a four five?
1: Um, I can't remember how. The I don't remember. Sh- shook I think out. it was four five.
0: Okay, so quasi obviously. right. But, um, so I know he's super stoked that the Jazz are moving on. Yeah,
1: it was it was four five because um, the Jazz were the six, and they beat they w- the three Trailblazers. They swept them. And the Trailblazers were the three seed, I believe. And the Jazz swept them. Not the Jazz, wait, sorry, wait, the like, Pelicans. No. Okay, I got confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, was, Pelicans swept right. the swept the I, and I know the
0: Jazz were the the underdogs, right? The, the lower, higher-seeded yeah. team because and his they boy, won his boy
1: Donovan Mitchell did really well. Yeah. He's doing really well. So we're gonna have a great
0: so. conversation with Dallas next week. Looking forward to it, uh, <clears throat> especially because. Justin will be on my side in the the LeBron talk this year. Yeah, this year
1: things may have changed a little bit. (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. They haven't changed yet, but there's the chance that Dallas will be yelling at me too. So
0: So episode 259 is next Sunday at 830, uh, talking NBA playoffs. Check out jmnjrradio.com for more. Follow us on Twitter. I think that's it. So, I think that's it too. Uh, thanks for joining us. This wraps up the 258th episode of the Joe Mays and J-Raph show. We
1: hope you tune in every Sunday for our take on sports. Until next time,
0: I'm j Raff. And I'm Joe Mays. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Joe Mays and j Raf show. Tune in every Sunday for the latest sports discussions from Joe and Justin. Each episode is available live on Facebook Live and can be downloaded or streamed on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can interact with Joe and Justin on Facebook and Twitter. And stay up to date with the guys at joemazeandjraf.com. The Joe Mays and JRAF Show is part of the JMNJR Radio Network. For more info, visit jmnjrradio.com.